Closed Door Service, where service is their specialty. Proud sponsor of This Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Good to have you here, 736. And yes, we will get to some of your texts in reference to Taste of Edmonton and K-Days and the reduced attendance levels over the last uh, 10 days that both of those festivals have had. Uh, we will also focus in on another big festival coming up. It's Big Valley Jamboree. So in the next half hour, we'll talk with a couple of folks from BVJ about the big 30th anniversary celebration as a whole bunch of people converge on cameras. That is still to come. Uh, in the past, here on 630 Chet, and during, during the mornings, I've talked uh, quite a few times about some of the, the challenges that are facing Alberta. Avenue from, uh, you know, especially with, with some arsons and some other incidents that have really uh, led to a sense of, of unease among many residents. They want to invigorate their neighborhood. People who live there love their neighborhood. So do the businesses, but there are still some hurdles. And one of the big hurdles is the number of derelict properties. So you could be talking about uh, empty lots or also abandoned homes or, or, or covered up homes. Some of those are end up being magnets uh, for crime as well. So how do you build a community when you have these roadblocks that are in the way? And why can't something be done about that? Certainly a problem. Eric Estrada is executive director of the Alberta Avenue Business Association. Joining us this morning on 630 Ched. Eric, thanks for your time. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Did I hit the highlights of that uh, fairly closely? It's got to be a little on the frustrating side. Uh, yeah, it, it has been. Uh, many neighbors, you know, raise those concerns. I, I live and work in the avenue, so I have my heart uh, with it. And I hear my neighbors that have lived in the avenue for so many decades now that some of these problem properties have been around for at least a couple of decades. Now, you know, in all fairness, I think the city... Um, took some step forward, they're taking down some of those major, major problems. So uh, on that note, I think we're taking steps in the right direction. Uh, the community is welcoming a bunch of new families, uh, but now these spaces uh, that are vacant are full of potential, and we still can do a lot more to incentivize those uh, speculators to move on and actually be community members uh, instead of just an empty space. Uh, you know, I tried to sort of set it up, but what's the problem with these? You would think that just a derelict building wouldn't be that much of a lightning rod for problems or even an empty lot or something like that. So uh, from your point of view, explain to me what the issue is with some of these sites. Um, there, there's a mixed bag, right? D- depends on the severity of the problem and i think the city has done a pretty good job on categorizing some of those now uh the most dangerous and most critical one uh that that often get broken into uh fires get started those have been addressed and i think that is a, a huge sign of relief for a lot of neighbors here because now you're not worried too much that you're your house is gonna cut on fire because the, the neighboring house is, is being abandoned or breaking into. Now, the, the next problem that we're facing is we're very central. Uh, there is the high traffic in our district, right? So if there is an empty space that is not properly bordered or, or the owners aren't really taking good care of it or they're not even present or they're not even from the city, which uh, happens to be the case sometimes, 
those are opportunities for people to break into. Those are opportunities for, for vulnerable neighbors to seek refuge. Uh, and then they attract all of these other predator behaviors towards them, right? Uh, and that's what it really affects the neighborhood in terms of uh, long term, right? We have addressed some of the immediate um, need. But I think we still can do a lot better systematically to to prevent this from happening, uh, and that's I think still pending to be seen from from what uh, the administration there is doing from the city. Uh, putting a spotlight on this is kind of a, a double-edged sword in some cases because it can pressure organizations, groups, governments, whatever, to, to make a difference, to, to make some changes. But it also it also damages the reputation of the area, doesn't it? Even just having some of these conversations. And so how 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 hard does that affect business opportunities if if there's a reputation for an area? Yeah, and you know, that's been part of the conversation as well. How do we attract businesses that add vibrancy to, to an area that we're often uh, advocating for, for solutions? And I think that is the, that is the case that, that we're bringing to, to businesses, that we will strongly advocate towards improvement of our surrounding areas because we recognize that attracting families and attracting uh, good neighbors to to a business district will attract those businesses as well. And we have some amazing uh, business owners that are heavily engaged with community. They care about every neighbor. And I think you can tell that once you're walking down the avenue and see the welcoming vibrancy that, that they're all putting together, despite of all the social challenges. Uh, just remind, uh, there might be some listeners who are not that familiar with Alberta Avenue. I certainly am. Basically, it's 118th Avenue, correct? And from what streets to what streets? What do you consider to be the Alberta Avenue sort of business association area, but that, that, that district, that neighborhood, where where is it? Yeah, th- that is a very, very uh, great question, actually, because oftentimes people go like, oh, 118. Well, that crosses the entire city. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, our 118 is not the one that has the punch-up shootings. It's not the one that has uh, a lot of those uh, challenges. We still have social uh, challenges, but ours goes from Nate to Coliseum or to Norlands. Um, so we don't have, uh, we haven't seen as much crime and disorder as other years, and I think it's because of how businesses and community are coming together to to address those issues. Uh, um, so once again, it is from Nate uh, to yeah, Exhibition Lands. Yeah. It is a, a fairly large chunk. is right in the in the middle, I guess, of the city. Um, there is west side of the the avenue there is east side of the avenue still mm-hmm. and i think we're in the central part right in the heart okay so challenges but optimism is that a fair way to look at it oh yeah 100 percent. i think the the opportunity that a lot of those businesses are seeing is that working together uh with community is is showing results more uh families are joining uh, and i think everybody is recognizing that there is a, a, a growth opportunity for the district, and that is also part of the challenge with speculators, right? Because you can sit on a property waiting for everybody else to do their homework, uh, and 
get a, a, an upper hand on valuation there. Yep. Uh, Eric, thanks for your time. Thanks for uh, giving us uh, the lay of the land uh, from your point of view along Alberta Avenue. Uh, appreciate your time. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. Okay, bye-bye. Eric Estrada is the Executive Director of the Alberta Avenue Business Association. Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit, and it has been a lot of challenges. Maybe they're turning turning the corner, getting some help. Sounds like it from Eric anyway. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're giving some stuff away. In fact, especially if you love golf, we have some tickets uh, or we have some passes uh, to give away right after the commercial break. And then I want to dive into some more of your, your messages in on the text line, especially concerning the, uh, the attendance drops, both the Taste of Edmonton and K-Days. Uh, what are the reasons for it? We'll dive into some more of that coming up. This morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre, supported by Abe's Door Service, with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. 7.47 on your Tuesday morning. Good to have you here. Uh, do you like to golf? Do you like free stuff? Uh, <laughs> definitely the last part. Hopefully the first part. Uh, working with Wetaskiwin a little bit because we have a big contest on 630ched.com. You can go to the contest page, get some more details on it. It's a chance to go to Wetaskiwin and get a chance at a golf weekend getaway. So there's lots of cool things. If you if you haven't been to Wetaskiwin between the museums but just the downtown, the, it's, a, it's, it's a cool place to go visit. So there's an opportunity to get a golf weekend getaway in Wintasquin, go to the contest page, 630ched.com. In the meantime, we also have some passes for Golf for Two. This is at the Montgomery Glen Golf and Country Club in Wintasquin. If you want to win, if you would like to get these passes, all you have to do is call us, 780-496-0063. Ah, yes, there she go. Sarah had blocked all the lines, so we didn't have a bunch of uh, line jumpers. But now it's open, so if you want to jump in, uh, we'll pick a winner here in just a few moments. Once again, if you do want to get the grander prize, which is the weekend golf getaway, 630ched.com, and you can go to the contest page. So as Sarah's finding our winner, I want to go through some of the uh, the messages we got in on the text line uh, this morning. Uh, regarding Taste of Edmonton and its reduced attendance this year, down about 30% from last year, despite high hopes that it would be uh, better or more well attended. A lot of, you know, a couple of, couple of messages on the text line just saying that people don't necessarily feel safe downtown. I think in some cases that's still reputation. It's uh, what all the conversation has been about when I've talked to people who have been down there. For the most part, I'm sure there, there are... There are examples where it's not the case, but they said they did feel secure. They, you know, the area where Taste of Edmonton was was all sort of gated to just sort of keep things in line and that they didn't have any problems. I'm sure that there are some people who maybe did see something or maybe they did feel uncomfortable. Most of the people I talked to did not. But then you have that guy on Sunday afternoon in the, uh, the pool in front of City Hall, which is right next to Taste of Edmonton, doffing all his clothes and hopping in and, and having a, a, a bath or something uh, in the middle of the afternoon with a bunch of kids there. So that that adds to that worry and that, that reputation, I think. Can't that could have happened any time. Hmm? Can't blame you away for that one. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, probably not. Uh, and then as far as we're talking uh, K-Days, so Jocelyn put in the, this note, and uh, and I think this is true for a lot of people. She says that lower attendance is because of inflation. Hardly anyone I know uh, has extra cash for anything, much less uh, the necessaries, uh, rate, mortgage, 
groceries, utility costs, and all that stuff. She points out that Stampede, for example, in Calgary can rely on a wider audience from national and international travelers because it's a world destination. But K-Days is just, basically, it's another summer fair. And people have talked about, you know, is there an identity to it? Not really. It's basically our summer fair that we just call K-Days. So, yeah, maybe that is part of it, that you're relying on the local individuals who are here, not so much the international travelers, and people just can't afford it anymore. Uh, Another message from Bruno's dad saying, make it affordable so people can stay instead of going on road trips, for example. Val says, K-Day seems to be run by people who won't look back to see what worked in the past. So back in the day, if you entered before noon, you got in free. So then all of a sudden you have more people in earlier spreading things out. He also mentions that, you know, uh, the gate fee would get waived, for example, on Seniors Day for seniors or Children's Day for kids under a certain age. Get them on the grounds first and then you can go from there is uh, is the suggestion. Uh, Jason says that it was very affordable for general admission tickets. Not a big deal to get on the grounds as far as the cost was concerned. But then... Everything was too expensive. He says it was 18 bucks to get that jerk chicken poutine. Holy cow. Nine fifty for a beer, $10 for 10 mini donuts. So it's a bucket donut. Seems like it's a, it's a bit of cash. It's a, a little on the painful side. Uh, a couple more here just before we uh, get rolling. Experience. Somebody was really irritated by the fact that you have to stand in line to get your tickets or to go in line to get your tickets checked. Then you have to go through the bag line for security. They want it streamlined in some way. I think most people, if you're going to go, you just you live with that part. I don't know if those lineups are enough to keep you from going in. Probably not. If you want to go, you're going to go. But I think the inflation issues, certainly, I think the identity issues uh, are also a problem. Cody, have you been to K-Days in, of, the, in the seven years you've been here? Of course I have. Okay, and times. why did you go? Well, I wanted to check it. I'm a big fair food fan. I, I love okay, corn you dogs. Love I'm very corn dogs, lemonade, mini donuts, all my. And jam you get to pay sure. through the nose in order to I, have them. And I will. I, I, you know, have zero issue. Again, it's not something I do all the time. No, so I, I don't a, mind going out once in a while and doing that. Uh, again, I've just found that it's. I don't know. It's lost its lust in a sense. Mm. You it's know, luster, it, as opposed to its lust. I don't. I don't. I know think it's luster. I'm not an English guy like you do. I'm not that smart. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe I, there's no lust for life there. Maybe that's well, where again, we were going. The, the inflation's definitely <laughs> gone up, right? So yeah. I think you choose yeah. where to spend your dollars a little bit wiser. But but I think we also saw with the Calgary Stampede where they were, you know, pretty close to setting record attendance numbers. Is that there are still people with that disposable income? Yeah, They're just choosing a little bit more where to spend their money. Yeah. Uh, a few more texts coming in. We'll get to them uh, as we roll. Along through this morning.